0: This is the Mosaic Church podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others in the world. You know, I have, these, I have this here because about three or four weeks ago, we talked about uh, how stuff like this is attractive to little kids. You know, downstairs, they would literally fight for this, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't fight for this, or well, maybe you wouldn't. Um, and let's make sure that we're not doing that with our own lives, that we're trading in and fighting for uh, things that are, don't have value. This does not have value. But sometimes as we get older, we think, you know, certain things will bring us value and But it doesn't. The only thing that's truly valuable, worth, is Jesus living in our lives. The things that he desires for us. Last week, we talked about worship wars. And we were talking about not music, styles of music. See, everybody worshiped today. We all worship. You know, as I sit in the front row and I'm facing forward, every single one of us worshiped. Now, we either worship God or we worship our feelings, our desires, our situations, our circumstances. But all of us are worshipers. There is no such thing as a non-worshipper. We all worshiped. Uh, Last night, I drove by. I was coming down late at night, coming up Monroe Street. And there were tons of worshipers at the new proof building. Place was Packed. And and really, if you think of it, if you scale it down, it's not just about the social setting. It's not just about the, uh, you know, the the cool, trendy uh, beers. But it really is worship. You know, worship that moment or worship the situation or or worshiping the potential moment. But we're all worshipers. There's no such thing as some people are worshipers and some people are not worshipers. We're all worshipers. It's just, it's who we choose to worship. Who do we choose to worship? And as believers, of course, we always want to uh, submit ourselves to the reignship and the lordship of God. Today's message is going to be simple. I will not finish it because it's, uh, I want to finish a little early so we have time to have our business meeting, which is part of worship, and it's important, and we have to do it, and we, uh, partly by law, but we want to do it so that you are well informed of what's going on. You know, on my title, I think I, I have it on here. Oh, let me see if I have it. It's, it's just a one slide. It basically says, he left 11. He left 11 behind. You know, if we were to... Um, thank you, Mackenzie. Typically, I, I I
1: control my own PowerPoint, but
0: I forgot to do that.
1: If we were to look at the life of Jesus
0: and listen to his words and read his words... I'm going to read some scriptures, and I want to, to ask you: Do you see a common word or a common phrase that will be shared over and over again? In John chapter four, says, the, "This is Jesus speaking." That food that keeps me going is that I do the will of the one who sent me, finishing the work he started. John five thirty says, "I seek not to please only myself." myself, but him who sent me. John 6, 29, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who has sent me. John 6, 38, for I come down from heaven not to deny, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. My teaching in John chapter seven is not my own. It comes from him who me sent me. John chapter 7, yes you know me and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own but he who sent me is true. You do not know him but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. John seven twenty eight. John chapter 8, I stand with the father who sent me. John chapter 8, 29, the one who sent me is with me. John chapter 9, we must do the work of him who sent me. John chapter 12, when a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. Do you get, this, get the phrase? I'm not done yet. John chapter 12. I do not speak on my authority, my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded what to say and how to say it. John chapter 13. Whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. And last one, John chapter 14. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And I wonder if you can pick up the theme that I've just mentioned, that Jesus, whoa, there's some debris up here I didn't catch. Jesus was sent, but the question we need to ask is, what was he sent for? Luke chapter 15 tells us, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around Jesus, but the Pharisees And the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And the Pharisees had a hard time with this. Jesus was sent by God, and the question is, to do what? What was he to do? And uh, we see that Jesus begins to have meals with people who were deemed as
1: others. The tax collectors. The sinners. The ones that were outside the realm of the family. i read a book called,
0: I've um, read many books, but basically talks about purity and the concept of purity. And how it's so easy for us to deem people as impure. They are on the outside. There's a deep psychological thing that goes on. It's very complex on the concept of impurity something that's disgusting. The book is amazing. It talks about how easy it is for us to deem a group of people as disgusting. You know, Ria was on staff when we read this book, and, and one of the things that it challenged us that we, we don't call people disgusting anymore. What it, we would say is that saddens What they're doing is very sad. It, it breaks my heart, but we don't call people Disgusting. They are made in the image of God. Jesus went, came down and was sent by the Father to die on the cross for those people, which includes us. But it's so easy as, as we come to know Christ to draw a line and call people disgusting. Now, there are acts that are disgusting, no doubt. But there are people who are made in the image of God who might be performing those acts of disgust, but they are still made in the image of God, and we need to
1: love them, reach out to them, pray for them, have, pray for mercy on them, care for them. But the Pharisees saw Jesus, who was sent by God,
0: to reach, Was well, we know, we don't have time to read, the those who are not healthy, the ones who are sick. The religious people thought he was sitting with the enemy, and he was, in a sense. We're all an enemy with God if we don't know him. But they were still people that Jesus wanted to reach. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cruise through, but Jesus is in the business of reaching people. There are many uh, parables, and one of my favorite ones, is the woman who lost the, uh, the coin. She lost a coin and she did everything she could to find that one coin. And when she found that one coin, she celebrated. She celebrated because she found that something that is incredibly valuable to her. And I would say Jesus is searching for People to reunite with his creation. Now, I don't know about you, and I know some of you have children. I don't know if you have you ever lost a child. I remember one time I was lost when I was a little kid. To me, it seemed like an eternity. I was in a department store called Jet. Anybody remember the Jet Department
1: Store? All right, I was in New York. And I was lost. I was, actually, I was stuck inside a telephone
0: booth. So I closed, you know when I'm talking about the accordion door, and I closed it and I couldn't reach the handle. And, and the bottom part was solid. It wasn't all glass. So I was below the bottom part so people couldn't see me. When my mom found me, uh, you couldn't pry her fingers off me. She was just holding on to me. You know, I've seen a couple movies where, The the story is about a lost child, and when they find them, I mean, just the the relief and the joy of finding that child. Isn't it one of the scariest things as parents, especially parents of young children, you know, you go to the the big amusement park, it's like your biggest fear, your biggest fear. One time I took a crew to, to Quito, Ecuador, in a big city, and uh, some people were being rebellious and just went away on, on a trip. I, was, I think Rio was part of that. <laughs> um, and they just went away. And I, for a small second, I thought they were lost. One time, this one girl, we were with, uh, she was with us. We were on the bus on a mission trip. And uh, it was a rough mission trip. So everybody had to go use the restroom under the bridge by the river. And so we... All got back on after we used the restroom, and, and we took off. And 30 minutes later, we realized we were missing someone. And we're in some little remote town in the jungles of Ecuador. And we turned that bus around because we lost her. And then your mind begins to go all over the place because, you know, how will she, will she be okay? And because we started counting heads, and we should have been 30. We were only counting the 29. We were literally... Freaking out. And then we saw her. And she was crying, sitting on the bridge on the outskirts of town. And those 30 minutes to her seemed like an eternity. And so the same thing that Jesus was sent by God to seek and search for those who are lost. And when Jesus comes in human form, he sits and he eats with them. He dines with them because he doesn't consider them the untouchables, the the, the anathema. Can't, can't fellowship with them. As a minister, uh, I, for a long time, I was what I would call a church assessor, church planting assessor. Somebody would wants to plant a church, they would have to uh, answer 15 pages of questions. And I'm, I'm the person that's asking the questions. And one of the reasons you want a church plant is to reach the lost, all right? That's, that's one reason a pastor would want to church plant. And so I would ask them, so tell me, how many people do you have in your life that are friends that are lost, that are not believers? And I probably interviewed about 20 people throughout the years, and every single one of them could not mention a true friend that wasn't a believer. They could tell me acquaintances, and I I was already expecting it. after like five times, I'm like, here's a trend. They say they have a heart for the lost, but they don't don't fellowship with the lost. And then I began to look at my own life, and I'm like, whoa, I don't know. You know, you can get so involved as a minister and wrapped around in in the world of just Christendom, meeting with people, talking to people that are Christians, having lunch with people from the church, I mean, on and on and on. And so um, then I looked at my own life, and it's one of the reasons I started coaching soccer a long time ago, 10 years ago. It's one of the reasons I started playing soccer. And I can honestly say because of forcing myself into a world where I was not typically around that I now have, um, I would say, lots of good Christian and non-Christian friends. You guys work in, in a world where you're surrounded by that. Jesus loves them. He, he came in s- to seek and save that which is lost. And, and he, Jesus considers his children that are lost just like that mom who lo- loses a kid at, at a theme park. Just like a mom who would lose their kid in a department store. One time when I was in Sarasota, true story, the child was literally abducted. And they, it was a girl, and they already cut her hair and put her in boys' clothes, and they found her in the bathroom. Because the place locked
1: down immediately. And that whole place went looking for the kid. And this is the story of the parable that I,
0: I believe Jesus is trying to tell us, to remind us that he came for a reason. God sent him. We read all the scriptures. For a reason, a purpose seek and save those that were lost. You know, when the sheep... We talk about the lost sheep, the 99. The sheep matters to the shepherd. The single coin matters to the woman. How about the, the prodigal son? Who does he matter to? He matters to the father. And so, I, as I begin to unfold this, this little series that we're on, that, that people who are lost, matter to the father.
1: Our shepherd has lost the sheep. A father has has a a wayward son. And so when you love someone and they've gone missing, you go search for it, him or her. You know, um, when I was growing
0: up, uh, excuse me, when my kids were growing up, they would lose toys all the time. You know, we'd find them under the couch. Or, but You know, if, if one of my children came to me crying over a piece,
1: a Lego piece,
0: I would not worry about it. Why? Because it has no value to me. It might to my little child, but it really doesn't have a lot of value. They don't really know.
1: You lose a child... Man, you are like on it. Amber alert goes off. And that's how serious that
0: God takes this. His, his creation has been separated
1: from him. And he sends Jesus. But then Jesus leaves. He's raised from the dead, and
0: then he leaves. You know, Luke chapter 5 again, who needs a doctor, the healthy. Or the sick, he's asking. I'm here inviting outsiders, not insiders, an invitation for lives to be changed. And there are people out here that we converse with every day at work or at home, and that's Jesus' missing son or his missing daughter. And that's why he was sent. That's why he was sent. And then in John chapter 20, we read most of the John, he says
1: this, Just as the Father sends me, I send you. Just as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So
0: I don't know where, every place that you work, but God is sending you. Just as the Father sent just the same plan that God gave Jesus, Jesus is giving us the same plan.
1: He's telling us, hey, do as I did. Just as the Father has sent me, I send
0: you. And so we need to align ourselves with his purpose. Remember last week we talked about it. It was last week or the week before we talked about uh, what's the church's mission. And I joke around. I was like, we don't have a mission. We don't have our own mission. And at first it's like, whoa, how can you not have a mission? Because it's not our mission. It's his mission. The mission has a church. So it's not like Jesus has, you know, let's just say there's, you know, 5,000 churches in, in the northern part of Florida, and there's not 5,000 different missions,
1: 5,000 different plans. No, there's one mission. And that mission has a church,
0: and we are part of his mission. And so we need to align ourselves with the great purpose that Christ has set the perfect example for us. And one of the biggest challenges that we have is what I would call spiritual narcissism. I've preached on narcissism before um, a few years ago. And so, you know, if, if you don't know the story of the, this Greek mythology, this, this person, narcissist, was so enthralled by his, uh, his own looks, his own self, that he looked in the... In the, on the pond, or in the pond, and saw his reflection. He was so enamored, so focused on himself, he never left the water's edge. He fell
1: in love with himself. And so, and he dies. And I think that's why we have certain flowers
0: that are on water's edge, they call the narcissist flower. Self-focused. And as a church, we need to be careful that we are not, um, we don't fall prey to that kind of spirit where just everything becomes about oneself. And we forget about the purpose. We forget about the purpose. We forget why Jesus was sent and why Jesus says to his disciples, And now, as the Father sent me, I sent you. In this culture that we live in, spiritual narcissism is tough to break. Everything from, we can go on, just has to be about oneself. We've been reading articles I've been sharing with Eric, is, you know, why, uh, like people who shop around for churches, you know, and, it's, and the things that they're shopping for is really, it's, it's, it seems to be playing to this narcissist kind of concept. I pray that that kind of attitude does not ever come through our doors. Now, I read this story. I'm not 100% true because it was on Wikipedia. I'm just kidding. But the United States military tried to commission this big old ship, military ship, to haul as many as 14,000 soldiers or Navy personnel. But at the end of the day, it didn't do that, and they turned it into a luxury ship. It went from a military purpose boat ship to a luxury cruise line ship. And one of the things that we need to be careful as a church is that our church is designed for a purpose,
1: that we don't repurpose it. Jesus has given us a blueprint plan
0: and that we need as followers to follow that plan. Again, our purpose is his purpose. Our mission is his mission. That we don't repurpose it and make it into a luxury cruise liner. That it's all about meeting the ones in need And that's why we all love cruises, don't we? We just love it. You get... You know, when we went on a cruise, the only cruise that I went on, um, we went to every meal at the main dining hall. Why? Because at that time, and probably still today, Robin has been serving our family, making the kids breakfast, making me dinners, and serving us. And she wanted to be served on that cruise line. So we went to breakfast so somebody would serve us. We went to lunch, somebody served us. We went to dinner so somebody served us. We have to be careful that this ship, this church, that is not that we don't repurpose it
1: to become something to just to fix our needs. Jesus was sent by the Father for a purpose, and Jesus
0: leaves and sends us for that same purpose to seek and save
1: that which is lost. So I want to challenge us as we close here in a second that,
0: um, that we would just realign ourselves with his purpose, that we would not get uh, suckered into uh, the spirit
1: of this world which is focused on self. That Mosaic Church would never repurpose itself to be a social club.
0: That it would never repurpose itself to be anything but what God wants his church to be. And I'm praying that the best opportunities will come soon for us. That God will open our eyes and say that's an opportunity to be used as his agents of grace and mercy. That we would be used as His agents of grace and mercy. Just as the Father has sent me, I sent you. I don't have time to read the story, but there's a little fable out there about Jesus going back to heaven. And the angels were
1: asking, so what's your plan to bring people back to the fold? He says... I empowered 11 disciples and 500 disciples. That's my plan.
0: And then, of course, the story goes, well, what's plan B? He says, there is no plan B. We're it. God has empowered us. He resides in us. Holy Spirit is in us. He's already empowered us, made us powerful vessels to seek and save that which is lost. He has a purpose. He's given us a blueprint. And the challenge is that we always want to change the blueprint and make it something that was never designed to be. And that we challenge ourselves that we would never fall to the prey of being narcissistic. It's about me. It's about my wants. about my needs. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Father, for your purpose. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just remind us of your blueprint and your purpose. Lord, we remind us again of the opportunity, not just the responsibility, but the opportunity that we have to grow your church, to make your name great, to expand your kingdom. Lord, that we would see people not as others or outsiders. But Lord, people who are lost, and Lord, help us to, to pick up that spirit of, of urgency. Like a mom who would lose their child in a department store or a theme park or inside of a, a large city. Lord, help us to capture that same spirit of
1: urgency. And, Lord, I confess there are times where i have just rather just chill on a cruise ship,
0: take my little notes, sing my little songs, raise my hand and attend on a Sunday here and there. Lord, I fall and pray to that, and I pray, God, that you would help me and you would help us. We
1: love you, Father. Challenge us. Challenge us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you for listening. We
0: pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.MosaicChurchTLH.com.